You're listening to an all-new episode of Self-Made Strategies. Visit selfmadestrategies.com for new episodes, information about our guests, and a whole lot more. Our guest on this episode is a rising R&B artist in the Detroit area who grew up with a passion for music. He began writing songs as early as the age of seven years old and pursued a music career at the age of 20. Now he has a rapidly growing fan base with over 50,000 followers on Instagram, over 1.3 million views on YouTube, and over 36,000 followers on Facebook. He just launched his latest single, Novocaine, where he's working on shedding some light to listeners who are struggling with anxiety, depression, and substance abuse because he wants to remind people that they're not alone and that there are better ways in dealing with depression. With us today for your listening pleasure are the self-made strategies of Nate Seto. Hey, Nate, how's it going? How you doing, man? Thanks so much for having me. No, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. You're coming to us, obviously, remotely over Zoom. Those of you who want to watch on YouTube can check out our YouTube channel, Self-Made Strategies, on YouTube as well. And you'll be able to see Nate and I chatting over uh, over a video chat here. So, uh, But for those of you listening with us, you can also sit back and enjoy Nate's single here, Novocaine, so you can check out a little bit of his music. Let me go, I don't want to know again 
Awesome. So tell us a little bit about how you got into the music industry. Um, well, first of all, like I said, like you said earlier, like I was writing songs since I was seven. I always had the passion of ever since I was a little kid. And um, basically, um, you know, I started off doing talent shows in like middle school, high school and just really basic stuff. And then, um, you know, when it came down to it, you know, to start college, I had to like, you know, get serious or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was um, I remember like two years into college and I was just like, you know what, there's nothing in this world that ever make me happy unless I pursued my career in music. And um, so I remember, um, you know, just pretty much it's kind of crazy, but I, I uh, decided to uh, tweak my schedule a little bit because um, I was working for my parents at the liquor store, you know, so. Um, I was there full time and going to um, taking classes. So I messed with my schedule. I made a whole fake schedule from top to bottom <laughs> and um, I incorporated some time uh, for the studio and then um, pretty much got away with that <laughs> the entire time that I needed. And um, so I was like in the studio, basically just uh, in, in Flint, I started off actually. And um, basically when it came down to what I showed my parents, uh, some of the stuff that I've been working on, they actually really loved it. And it didn't sound like anything I was making in the basement. So they're like, okay, like this sounds like something on the radio. It sounds like something you can really, you do with this. And, uh, so, um, but pretty much from there, I got their blessing and then I was pretty much freed up my schedule. I quit taking college classes and I started doing this, you know, like I put a lot more time into it and, uh, pretty much eventually migrated into Detroit. And then I started meeting a lot of people out there and networking. And then from there, I just really took off to a whole nother level. I love the fact that your parents, first of all, being entrepreneurs, it's they owned a liquor store. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty cool. So you grew yep. up around entrepreneurs and I love the aspect of your story where they, after hearing your some of your samples, decided yeah. to kind of push you to go and chase your dream. Did that make a big difference in your ability to, to go and follow your passion? Like like getting their blessing. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually it really did. Um, it's, it's not like I would need it, but it definitely makes a huge difference, you know, to have family support. Sure. Know? And I would imagine that having a good support system is probably critical for when you're hitting sort of the plateaus or the down moments that we all face Absolutely. when we're chasing our dreams. Right. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about that. What, what has been one of the biggest hurdles that you've had to overcome in the pursuit of your passion and how has your support system, whether it's your family, your parents, your friends, your other supporters, how have they helped you to keep going? Um, I had several for sure. You know, um, I remember like one that sticks out was um, when I was migrating from Flint to Detroit, there was like a huge gap of nothingness. I pretty much lost every, everything I was working for because I did something stupid. <laughs> and, um, and basically I was just, um, I had to pretty much fire my old uh, manager or whatever. And uh, so I, I had no music. I had no producer. And I was just like, what the hell am I going to do? You know, so I went pretty much eight months without um, a producer and stuff like that. I was just searching, searching. Then ended up um, meeting somebody named Marty. Um, he's like just right outside of Detroit, like in Royal Oak. And um, he I was working with him and then he got busy with like um, GM or something like that. He was like doing commercials for them. And so I was like, OK, well, now I lost him. And I was just like and I asked him, I was like, do you I was like, do you have anyone you can recommend, you know, just for the hell that I just asked, you know, and he was like, yeah, I'll let you know. I'm like, okay, this guy's not going to let me know, you know? Uh, and uh, like a week and a half later, he emailed, he sent me a text and gave me like an email. He said, uh, this is David McNally. Hit him up. He's really dope. I'm like, sure. I was like, thank you. I was like, I, did, I had no idea this guy was actually going to hit me up. But like, thank you so much. You know? So I, I actually hit up my current producer, David, and uh, pretty much we've been working together for almost five years now. So 
And, uh, you know, that was just like a big problem for me, you know, cause you gotta have music. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then from there it was just kind of like, okay, now I have the music, but I have no fans, <laughs> you know? So it was like, that, that was like another, you know, problem. Okay. How am I going to get fans? And, uh, just pretty much from there, um, uh, I just started working with like a lot of, um, influencers. I remember that being like a big thing, like, uh, one comedian, his name is Pat D. Lucky. He's on Instagram and uh, he's hilarious and he has a huge following and he was actually really cool. Like even from the beginning, I hit him up as a fan. He was just really nice, you know? And uh, then I got this idea from my cousin. I was like, you know what? Like, let me ask, see if I can work with him. And uh, he ended up incorporating my music into his skits. And then I started getting a lot of exposure that way. And then from there, I started working with other comedians and um, made a huge difference. That's awesome. So how did you establish yourself with Pat as a potential collaborator kind of coming from, from a place where you didn't really have much of a following. How did yeah. you incentivize and add value to Pat so that he would want to bring your music on as part of his act? Well, honestly, he was just like a really cool guy. He was very open-minded, you know, and then, um, pretty much, um, I, he took like payment up from a very low payment. It was like very affordable. And I thought it was gonna be something like crazy, you know? So so um, I started just working with him like that. And then he introduced me to like another um, comedian, stuff like that. And um, so basically just built my network a little bit through that, you know. And uh, yeah, that's what I've been working on. I've been working with a lot of TikTokers as well. Um, that's something I'm trying to, you know, migrate to now. And it's like with Instagram. So uh, yeah, just trying a bunch of new stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. That's what you got to do, right? As while you're building up your personal brand and your professional yeah. brand, you kind of have no choice but to dabble here and there and try different things to to try to improve your brand. Now, how have you grown your fan base? As you said, you had the music, you got that all in place, but then you look around and you're like, okay, well, no one's listening to it, right? I have no yeah. followers. I don't really have much of a presence. And that's a really crowded marketplace, right? Yeah. I mean, just the, all the shows, America's Got Talent, you know, uh, all the singing shows, all of those like competition shows. You can see the mass of people who are chasing that dream oh, yeah. of trying to become a famous or pseudo famous artist of some sort. Right. Mm -hmm. So how have you done that? How did you, first of all, build your fairly large following on social media? And then how did you get to one point three million views on YouTube? We'll take it one step at a time. Let's start with the sure. social media. Well, first of all, it starts out believing yourself, you know, just because there's like a lot of competition out there. That don't mean nothing. You know what I'm saying? You got to always just believe in yourself. And um, then pretty much one. So after getting all that exposure, you know, uh, from either like, you know, some sort of influencer or comedian or whatever it is, um, you got to take action after that. It doesn't just work like that. No one's just going to care about what you're posting. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you have to be really consistent with your posting, uh, first of all. And um, another thing is fan engagement you know um i really connected with my fans a lot through dms and stuff like that and just responding to their comments and stuff like that and i and i see like other artists and they don't respond to their comments you know they might like like their comment or whatever but to me it's like i'm grateful as hell to have people even like comment on my post you know what i'm saying like like real fans it's like that's so dope of them to even go out of their way just to even say something you know so like you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. So I, I just show them love back. You know what I'm saying? I go, I even like their posts and stuff like that, you know, and I'll go and I'll just, you know, I'll just respond to their DMs and stuff like that. We'll have really deep conversations and I get to know them. They get to know me and they just, they're like diehard fans and, you know, they're always sharing my music. I'm just extremely grateful for them. So that's awesome. And let me just ask you sort of a practical question. Cause I know for me, 
you know, keeping up with all of your social media and responding to requests and liking other people's posts and responding to DMs, I would imagine with such a big following that can become really overwhelming. So how do you do it from a time management perspective while maintaining this sort of organic connection and engagement with your audience? Well, first of all, I tell myself, like, this is like a a job, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is like my career, like, you know, so like, I can't just look at it like, oh, this is just social media. I have like a lot of people messaging me. Like, I remember I had a few moments where I was getting overwhelmed in the past, especially when I was getting like depressed and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just like, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So there's been um, times where I would go several weeks without even talking to my fans just because I was just like, you know, going through like a lot of stuff. And um, yeah, like, like it was just, um, just really being consistent with it, I guess, you know? Yeah, totally understandable, right? Just maintaining sort of a schedule, maybe like a couple yeah. of hours blocked off a day, yeah, an hour in the morning, exactly an hour a in the certain evening. hour, but like through the day, but just like, just to make sure like, Hey, like today I got to um, give, give some time to my fans. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I would just some, somewhere throughout the day, I got to find time, even if it's late at night or whatever it is, like, just don't leave them hanging, you know? Right, so right, it's, right. It's, got, it's all mental too. You gotta like, you just gotta tell yourself I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care how tired I am. I don't care how drunk I am or whatever. <laughs> just like how to do it. <laughs> you know? Now, what about your YouTube viewership? 1.3 yeah. million views is very yeah. serious, obviously. Um, so how did you build that number? Yep. That's just from like the influencers and stuff like that. Like a lot of that just came from like the influencers. I remember uh, one of my major videos uh, is called Want Me. It's like you read the comments are all saying, oh, Patty Lucky brought me here. Patty. Like you can like literally scroll. Be like, OK, I get it. <laughs> you know, so so it's all like really just from exposure from stuff like that. Um, also like paid ads. I also did uh, billboards. Um, I was trying I was trying a bunch of stuff, to be honest with you. But I would say the main thing was just really just influencers. Interesting. Okay. Now, how did you find and choose which influencers to work with? Um, first of all, the ones that would want to work with me, <laughs> the ones that actually answered my DMs. Uh, good, good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's not easy. Sometimes they just won't answer. It's not that easy. Like you, you, you would love to just like hit up somebody, but you know, they're, they're not always going to respond. And, um, you know, I've had an influencer try to take my money before and I'm like, okay, so let me go through PayPal and, you know, cancel that. <laughs> so. So you got to be careful, you know, I, I, I made a lot of mistakes over the years for sure. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, just trusting people. And it's just like, you got to learn to not trust everybody that you think um, is there for you. Cause nobody really gives a, no really cares about you. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Being careful and sort of choosing who you're going to work with and maybe looking for mm-hmm. individuals that are within the same space and have similar audience to you. Uh, yeah. Yep. That definitely helps as well. Um, I remember it was like a, it was like a hip hop Instagram and, um, I, I pretty much hit them up and, um, it was like, it was kind of like an R and B pop song, but it wasn't exactly, you know, like a rap song. So I got, you know, a, a couple, uh, you know, like bad comments and shit like that, stuff like that. Sorry. I don't know if I'm swearing here. You, you can but, curse. Uh, it's all good. Oh, yep. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So like, you know, it definitely helps to, uh, you know, get the right direction, get the right audience. (laughs) Right. Of course. Now let's talk about Novocaine. This it's awesome that you've written a song that hopefully reaches out and engages with people who are going from going through some form of anxiety, depression, mental health issues. Uh, I personally think it's not talked about enough, especially in the entrepreneurial world. So Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit, first of all, why you wrote that song, who you're looking to engage with. Well, 
Um, basically the song started because I was going through like a lot of stuff. I was, I was going through a lot of anxiety, depression, and a lot of that stuff really came for, came from just not thinking that I was in the right place in life. I I was thinking like life is just going past me and I just, I got to a certain level, but I stayed on that level. And then it's like years later, it's like, okay, like what the fuck am I going to do now? You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm getting older now and it's like, my numbers aren't really like increasing. I'm not really getting anywhere. I'm just like, you know, it's like, I'm really grateful to be where I'm at, but it's like, you kind of get used to it. And then you're like, okay, now I need to like get to another level now, you know? And, um, and so it's just like, and it's, and it's not exactly enough. It's not exact my main goal. Like where I'm at right now is not where I want to be. You know what I'm saying? I want to be on top. I want to be on top of the billboards. I want to be like, you know, um, a, a top artist. And um, so, you know, a lot of that stuff was getting to me, like a lot of um, just mental lies in my head, you know, just talking about like my age and talking about like, I'm always going to be here and that I'm like never going to, you know, get to where I want to be. And so like stuff like that over time, like ate at me. And, um, and then, you know, you just see other people like taking off and stuff like that. You know, like, damn, like, what are they doing that I'm not doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, and, um, and especially when you feel like you really deserve it, you know, so when you really believe in yourself and you're like, you know, I know I can do this. I just need the right opportunity. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, so after time I got, you know, depressed or whatever. And, um, when I was getting depressed or having anxiety, I would start to, um, like pretty much direct myself towards alcohol and stuff like that. So I would um pretty much instead of drinking for fun or whatever, I would just be like, okay, I'm like stressed out. I need to take a shot. And you know, taking a shot here and there adds up because you're, you know, my tolerance started to increase. So I ended up drinking like a pint a day to uh to a point where I would pretty much go to the gym drunk, you know what I'm saying? Just because I was like, okay, well I still have to work out. <laughs> you know, I'm drunk right now, but I, I just left work and I still gotta work out. <laughs> you know, so um and I remember just having like a hard time breathing and I was like, I almost fell one time at the gym. I was like, okay, I need to like get my shit together. You know, and then like, you know, my mom started seeing, you know, empty alcohol bottles and she's like, you know, like kind of getting curious, like what's going on, you know? And I didn't want to like, you know, break her heart and shit like that. So, um, you know, I remember just, you know, me, just me being an artist, I was just like, okay, I need to still write music. And I always write like fun party music and just like, you know, whether it's about sex or whether it's just like having fun or like whatever, you know, just like a pop, you know, um, topics. And, um, this time I was just like, you know what, like, I don't want to write about any, any of that right now. <laughs> you know, I'm not feeling that right now. You know, I want to write about something that's like, that's going to actually like help other people that are kind of going through what I'm going through, you know? And so I started to write Novocaine and then I pulled back cause I'm like, no, cause I don't want people to like know that I'm going through anything. So I was like, I was like, I skipped it and I, I kept writing. I tried to write something else like uh, that's like, you know, like a pop song, like a more fun pop song. And again, I just wasn't feeling it. I was like, I kept, kept going back to Novocaine. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just write this song, you know? So I uh, ended up finished writing it. And um, when I was in the studio, I decided, I was like, you know what? I was like, this song could really help a lot of people because in the lyrics, it kind of talks about a lot of, a lot of um, relatable stuff, you know? And I'm like, like a lot of people can benefit from this. Like just some annoying, knowing that they're not alone could, could be all the difference, you know? And so I was like, you know what? I want to, I want to make a video to this. So I shot the video. Um, and uh, he, he goes by Hustleberry Finn. He's a really dope director. He's, he's incredible. And um, so um, after that, I pretty much just, you know, promoted the music uh, just the same way I was always doing. And um, 
I was happy to see that my fans actually really loved the song and they related to, it. and I was getting all the stories I was, I was hoping to hear, you know, that people needed um, to like just express themselves. And so I was there for my fans, you know, just like talking to them, like, yeah, I've been there, you know, I did this, I did that. And I'm um, just kind of hearing what they have to say. And it, it made me feel really good. Like I'm actually doing something that's helping people and not just putting out party music and I'm actually putting out music that's actually making somebody feel some type of way, you know? And um, yeah, I'm just like really grateful for that. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. And thank you for sharing that. I know that's, that's difficult to share at times, was there a moment when you were talking about the mental health? Because I agree with you. I think it's a topic that's not talked about enough. It's not talked about at a core level. People almost feel a sense of shame that they shouldn't feel right. They should feel like they can be open and try to share that with someone yeah. um, to help them. And your, if your song is helping people do that, that's fantastic. Whether it's yeah. even online in the comments or just kind of commiserating with other people that are going with going through similar experiences. That's a big deal. So, yeah. but looking at your own experience, was there a moment, obviously you said, you know, there was a moment where you sort of, there were the empty bottles, you were drinking too much, you were kind of catching yourself sort of hitting rock bottom at the gym and that kind of thing. But looking back, was there a moment where you kind of wish you had caught yourself that, that you now see looking back, that's when the depression started to overtake you. What were some of the warning signals that you could recommend to others to keep an eye out for? Um, just the fact that I started drinking because I was depressed. I think that alone, you know what I'm saying? I think it's like, if you have like a bad day, if like your boyfriend breaks up with you and you got to go, you know, with a bunch of your girls and like, sure. you know, these girls, they want to go like go out for drinks. That's fine. You know, whatever. But beyond that. And then if you're like, catch yourself drinking, you know, just because you're sad or depressed or whatever, you know, then it's, you got to realize you're going to, it's going to get bigger and it's going to increase and you're going to, um, right. catch yourself in a bad place and that you don't want to be in you know so you just gotta pretty much see that like why are you drinking you know or why are you popping a pill or whatever <laughs> you know right, what i'm saying like right. whatever it is but uh yeah i'll say that's uh, a big major thing and, and so how did you stop yourself because some people get to that point and it's just a slippery slope and they really just keep cascading worse and worse and worse and worse right so yeah. what what for you was the big thing that kind of changed the trajectory and got you back on track? Um, so pretty much it's like for me personally, it was like my relationship with God. Um, I basically, uh, and, and like in the lyrics I talked about it and, and when you mentioned earlier, you talk about shame, like, yeah, that's what I felt. And so like in the lyrics of the song, I say like, I need you God, because I'm ashamed. And that lyric meant like, I was just not telling anybody about what I was going through. I was just basically telling God about everything that I was going through. And, um, you know, cause I felt like he wouldn't judge me and that he understood where, where I was coming from. Cause he knows my heart. And, um, so I remember just kind of relying on him and saying, God, please help me get out of this place because I put myself in a really bad spot right now, you know? And it's, and I'm, I felt like I was drowning. I couldn't get out of that spot, you know? And, uh, so I noticed that things that he was doing, was like every time I would start to feel like I needed a drink, I would go to him. I'd be like, I was like, God, like I need you to get me out of this place. And, and then like moments later, somebody would call me somebody with like really good positive energy. Something that makes me laugh calls me, you know, and I like, I'll like start talking to them. I'll talk to them for like half an hour, 45 minutes. And I'm like in a better place. And I like, I forgot about it. I'm like, all right. I was like, and then the, 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 um, the thought pops back up. Like, well, well you were about to drink. And I was like, I was like, no, 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 fuck it. I don't want to drink right now. Let me just like, can, let me go move on and do something else, you know? So, um, I remember just like really just praying a lot and just, and 
like he he does send you people that you need or he does give you a, a thought that you need to just kind of like take in and be like you know what like yeah i'm okay my life is good my life is okay you know and i was straight up dwelling on the negative things i was not i was not really looking at the good things in my life it's like looking back it's like you idiot like you're surrounded by such great things like what's wrong with you you know what i'm saying like just because i was dwelling on one negative you know situation and that wasn't my life. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't going to be there forever. It was just lies. I was believing all these lies in my head. And, and, um, and that's, um, you know, that's, that was like a major thing for me. And I was able to move out of that. And I had moments where I got out of it and then it kind of hit me back again. Cause like the thoughts kind of came rushing back again. Sure. And that was like the summer. So like, and then basically like towards the end of the summer, I got myself out of it again. I wasn't drinking, but the depression I'm talking about. Right. And, um, and so like, um, but now I'm in a really good place because I, I like, I just kind of like, I, I've seen what God was doing with me all year, um, to for my career, you know? And I'm thinking to myself, like, like I wasn't doing anything, you know, I was, I was doing a lot. I was doing a lot more than I thought I was doing, you know? And like, for example, I'm doing a lot of uh, podcasts this year, you know, that's um, made like a big difference and everything. I didn't even realize that while I was doing podcasts, you know what I'm saying? Like some, like a lot of great things were happening and, and it was just like, now I'm in a very peaceful place. I love my life and awesome, uh, I'm man. very grateful to God for um, putting me in that place. And, um, you know, and now I'm like, back talking to my fans like crazy and just really engaging with them. And I feel my total self again, and I'm happy. <laughs> well, I speak on behalf of the listeners and hopefully I can, when we say that that's, that's wonderful. It's always great to hear someone that overcomes, you know, mental yeah. health issues and, and is mm-hmm. on the path to recovery from that. Cause it can be daunting. And, and a lot of times you can feel like you're alone. Um, you talked a little bit about sort of this, uh, this pressure that you put on yourself really. Right. And I think a lot of us who, who are creators or entrepreneurs or try to do something different or be innovative, it's, it can be a, a, a tough space to be in, right? Because there are moments where you kind of feel alone. You, you feel like you're misunderstood. You you feel like you're spinning your wheels. Like you're not really getting to where you want to be. Sometimes we rush the process. We put pressure on, on ourselves. And, and it's tough. It's really tough to overcome. So I'm glad to hear that, that you did that. Just listening to you, you speak about it, you know, one of the things that I picked up on was uh, the religion aspect of it obviously helped you a lot in that that connects with you on a deep level. But I think part of it also is sort of that meditative aspect of prayer. So for mm-hmm. those who are listening who maybe are not into religious uh, practices might be mm-hmm. better to just kind of, you know, try to give yourself some time alone or find whatever distracts you. Right. In your case, yeah. it's, it's prayer and kind of speaking to God. Um, but just meditation or, you know, if it's video games, then just go play a couple hours sure, of video yeah. games. And go chill out with some, <laughs> Yeah. Anything. Right. Just to yeah. kind of get your mind off of that noise. Mm-hmm. Um, but one other little thing that I picked up on while you were talking about was that in your journey, you kind of become more and more aware of the triggers, right? And maybe that's one of the key steps to kind of overcoming it, or at least being able to take some control back is saying, you know, you were able to pause and say to yourself, no, I'm not going to drink right now. I'm going to go do something else. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you can kind of catch yourself. And it's that like split second of awareness, that space between like, your trigger and the reaction to it that maybe could could help others to kind of overcome that it's kind of trying to 
recognize like what causes me to get into this funk mm-hmm. and taking one half step back, half step back, half step back until you figure out, you know, 10 steps back, what was the key trigger that set me off and put right. me on this bad path? So have you, definitely. do you think that that's correct? Yeah. Have you experienced that yourself? Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, um, so it, it's awesome. Again, I, I can't, can't thank you enough for what you're doing for people with mental health. Are you working with any particular organizations that uh, help individuals with mental health? And if not, are you looking for those types of partnerships? Um, I'm always open for stuff like that, but I'm not currently doing that. No. How have you being in the music industry and obviously having a little bit of anxiety in your background and stuff like that? How have you dealt with rejection? And I just want to preface this discussion with Look, we all deal with rejection on a daily basis, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no smoke and mirrors. Get off of the Instagram BS, right? It's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. What yeah. people are living on Instagram is not real. We mm-hmm. all deal with rejection on a daily basis, especially if you're hustling and trying to get to somewhere else. As we were saying, mm-hmm. it's tough. It's not just going to be there is no such thing as you come up with a fantastic idea and it's successful from day one, right? All of, the, <laughs> all of the successful ideas, all of the successful people go through trials and tribulations, struggles and hustles to get to where they are. Yeah. So how have you dealt with rejection and maintained, especially dealing with anxiety at the same time, maintained your path towards success? Um, I guess I would just have to say, just don't give up. You have to tell yourself that like everybody gets rejected. Everybody has experienced rejection and, um, you just got to tell yourself like, no matter what, you just got to keep going. Cause you like, you got to go door to door to door and eventually somebody's going to let you in. Somebody's going to, um, you know, like work with you or somebody's going to, um, you know, pretty much, you know, take whatever business you're trying to sell, you know? And, um, so like I would say, you just got to really generally believe in yourself. Cause if you don't believe in yourself and you get rejected enough, you're going to be like, well, well, they're probably right. You know what I'm saying? But no, if you believe in yourself, someone's going to agree with you. Someone's going to believe in you as well. You know what I'm saying? So you just have to keep trying and uh, keep trying different things. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I was doing like billboards and stuff like that. Like I was just like, like it's kind of expensive. I was like, you know what? You never know. <laughs> like I'm, I, I haven't seen any local artists try to do something like that. So let me try something like that, you know? And, um, so yeah, he's got to try a bunch of different stuff, you know, that's what I would do. That's awesome. Have, have there been any particular collaborations <laughs> aside from Pat that you've also built relationships with that have helped accelerate your career? Um, I would say I worked with uh, LaBrittany. She's also from Detroit and um, she's uh, from uh, Love and Hip Hop. And so um, like I remember working with her was a pretty awesome experience as well. And um, definitely got some exposure from that. So yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So what can we expect from you in the coming future? You know, what should we look out for? Are you working oh, yeah. on any new things right now? A lot, actually. Yeah, man. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm actually working on an EP right now, which is something I haven't done. I've, awesome. I've been doing um, singles all like for the past few years. Um, I haven't done an album yet because I have a certain plan for that that I want to keep. And um, <clears throat> uh, so, but I'm coming out with an EP. I'm doing all the songwriting right now. And um, it's pre- pretty much the start of 2021. And um, it's going to be fan base like all my fans are going to vote for us like for the song that's going to be uh i'm going to shoot a video too and i'm going to have a lot of fun with it and uh I'm gonna make sure the fans are really a part of it so i'm really excited about that <laughs> awesome awesome all right so where can people find your music if they want to check out the single novocaine 
or just to follow you in general, where can people find you? Yep. Uh, well, for my music, they can find me on all platforms. Um, my YouTube channel, just type in my name, Nate Seto. And, um, and as far as my Instagram, it's uh, Nate underscore S-E-T-T-O. And that's where you can find me on Instagram. And I'm more active on awesome. Instagram than Facebook. So if you want to hit me up, hit me up on Instagram. Sounds good. And we'll put some links to your uh, Novocaine video, to your YouTube video in our show notes. So if you're watching or listening to this, go check the show notes. You can check out Nate's song, Novocaine. Nate, thank you so much for joining us. This was really cool. Appreciate you. Thanks. Thank you, man.